People constantly ask me, Jason, is this legal? <laughs> Whether you're an owner or an employee or an independent contractor, you probably got a lot of legal questions and we're gonna do our best to give you some answers on today's show. Let's do it. Salon owners are some of the most amazing people on planet Earth. The only problem is sometimes their hearts are so big and they give so much of themselves to their staff and guests that it creates unintended consequences. Our goal is to change the industry by elevating the way the rest of the world sees salons, spas, and barbershops and give it the credibility that it truly deserves. This is the Salon Owner Evo Revo Show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Welcome to today's show. I'm Jason Everett, and with me, as always, is Mr. Doug Campbell. What's up, dude? How's it going? Good dude, to be here. Glad, glad to have you on today. I'm really excited about uh, this topic that's been coming up a lot. Is is it legal? Um, you know, so many people, Doug, ask me in Instagram and on Facebook, they're like, hey, this is going on. I don't think it's right. I think it's legal and uh, I need to know. And I think I was telling you this morning before, right before we kicked on the show, um, is I think a lot of people get confused about what's legal and what's not because they don't understand the game that they're playing. Can we talk about games? Well, and, and actually, before I go too deep, let me start by saying neither Doug or I are legal representatives, nor have ever passed the bar or should consult you in any legal way, shape, or form. And you should always take the advice that Doug and I give you and take it to your attorney and vet it for your local laws and information. It's like I talked to an attorney or something. <laughs> well, you know, I'd say it, it, it's generally legal in most states if a doctor prescribed it. Yeah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's wrong show. Wrong different, show. different show. Different, different show. Different, different I, we're show. in a mood today. Watch out. We're in a mood today. Uh, uh, so, so I think what happens. That, uh, sorry, I, I think I asked you a question in there, and then I, I went on a legal disclaimer rant. Um, yeah, it's the, the question of, of do people, you know, people say, is this legal? Is it not legal? I think a lot of times it's right. because in in this industry, probably more than other industries, people try to get it, it's the the shoot first, aim later uh type of things like we just get into yeah. an agreement we get into a situation and we haven't really found out what the rules of the game are uh so then we may, so then you're in it and you're like well is this really legal is this not legal well, uh, or so you ask a hurt. question you ask a question in a facebook group and it's somebody in new jersey is answering for your question mm -hmm. in california or texas or pennsylvania which are all different rules Yes, especially when it comes to a business owner slash renter relationship, business mm. owner slash employee relationship. Each state's right. different, and 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 even sometimes each city's different inside of a state. Uh, so, you just, like I say, you just got to know the rules. Uh, and, and that's what I've always said. Yeah, hey, find you a lawyer at whatever level you are—a lawyer that will fit your needs. And, mm -hmm. and get a relationship with them, get them on some kind of retainer where, you know, you can pick up the phone and ask them a question and it's not, you know, you have to get on their thing and have some hourly rate and all that stuff. Say, look, if I paid you a hundred bucks a month, you know, and if I don't use you for a year, great, you made 1200 bucks, but I would like to be yeah. able to just call you up and ask you for just general information. Um, right. I mean, cause they know that's going to lead to other work, but it's just right. good to find out what, what are the real rules? 
Yeah, by the way, I and I just to give you some framework, I actually was in uh, BNI, Business Networking International, which is like a, you know, local networking group you can join, you pay fees, you go and have these meetings, you meet with like and in that group there's usually like an attorney or there are um, you know, insurance reps and there's all kinds of different people, real estate agents and all these different people that that are in your local town. And if you if you need to have more networking in your life and know some more community because you're just stuck in your own world, that's a great place to go where you can actually get people to refer you business. But more importantly, in my opinion, is you can go get some contacts. And by the way, you can even go visit some of those groups, not to make this like a shout out for BNI, but it is. Uh, is I haven't been in one in a lot of years, but um, you know, you can go, you can go visit one of those groups and they'll give you their business card and you can have a conversation with them. And a lot of times you're encouraged to go and sit and have conversation with them. Uh, and so I've got a friend of mine, his name's Eric, who uh, is an attorney who's in one of those groups and I can call him kind of anytime. And he's like, if it's a little question, dude, just ask, like, I got you. But if we're really going to like review some legal documents, then of course uh, there's a charge for things like that. But I, I think to your point, Doug, you know, having some sort of legal representation and conversation is good. I know there's resources out there. Like um, there's some like HR consulting uh, memberships that you can do now. And I can't remember what, what the one we use is, but it's like a hundred bucks a month for a certain number of employees. And you can have, you can actually call and say, hey, I just want to find out, like, am I putting this in a contract? Is this legal or is this something weird? Or like, hey, I need to know how to handle the situation. Do I need this many write-ups or that many write-ups? Mm -hmm. But I think that the point of today that I'd like to really bust into is there's two completely separate legal games that happen in the salon and spa space and they cross over and get confusing all the time and they are different state by state but there's some general rules that kind of keep them separate and i want to talk about the legal differences between being a suite booth room renter and being an employee in a commission salon right those two relationships are seen differently by the national government and in an international government too, right? So you got to check with international, local, whatever it is for you, you got to check with all your rules. But those two are very typically seen as commission or team-based salons or employee-based salons. It's called employee-based salons for right now. And then a rental-based salon. And it gets confusing because a rental salon could have an owner and a commission salon could have an owner. But the difference is a uh, commission salon or a team-based salon would have employees and a rental salon does not have employees. And that's probably the biggest basis I wanna start this conversation off as because people switch roles. They go from being an employee to renting their own space. And then you start to get these gray area questions, these fuzzy questions like this this morning on Instagram, somebody asked me a question. They said, Jason, uh, the salon owner is preventing me from leaving my card up at the front desk. Is this illegal? And, I, and then I kept reading the rest of the message and it said, they have a commission stylist here. And this gets even more confusing because there's a commission or a commission person here. And then I'm a renter and they want the commission person to get all the business. So they want their card to be up front and not mine. Is that legal? Well, first of all, I, I'm not knocking this person for asking the question because it is a real, I, I get it. Why would you not be frustrated if you're trying to leave your business card somewhere to promote yourself, but then they're telling you, sorry, you can only promote yourself on social media. And this is the thing that I think most people get confused about is if you're a renter, you are running your own mini business, like top to bottom, your own mini business. It's, it's a self-contained micro business that you're operating from. And so there are things that start to violate that micro business if you start to pretend like you work for the other salon in a commission environment, right? You want to talk about this a little bit more, Doug? 
Yeah, I mean, so and I think the worst situations where you have part commission, part booth rental, because then it's real hard. The, the lines get so fuzzy, and otherwise I mean, I, I known was, as the hybrid we, model. This genius, right, we, genius model that, of hybrid. Uh, yeah. At one point in time, and it was complete headache. I hated it. I hated every minute of it, which because the the employees wanted to have the perceived freedom that the booth renters had. The booth renters wanted all the perks and benefits that the employees had. And so it was right. constant, it's constant Always stress. And constant, yes, it was terrible. Um, well, so we and, said, confusion, right? Different. Yes. Confusion. So, I mean, I mean if, so I would say if you're going to do, do one or the other, I say commit and do one or the other, uh, because then it, it's less confusing. Uh, because then it's like what they are living by two different sets of rules and that's yeah. just yeah. all there's so well, a lot of it, so you have to decide what your agreement is and the thing like in, in the state of florida there's there's 13 things that if you do any one of those 13 things then in the state's eyes that person is an employee mm -hmm. uh so you have to be careful and you, like we talked about earlier if you drop an agreement you can drop an agreement that defines a lot of different things. I mean, you can put retail sales on there as a requirement that's this much. If you uh, don't sell any retail, your rent goes down to this much. If you sell this much retail, all those things can be put in there, but you can't put things that violate the law. So you can't just say, well, it's in the agreement, but if in the agreement, you kind of turned them into you broke the law, you broke <laughs> the law. And so, cause we, there's right. been many of the salon in our area uh, that, kind of played that game and then they they uh, the the person got upset and went and talked to the state the state said no you're actually an employee the owner owes you eight yeah. years of matching taxes well and they so, not they don't owe you they owe the, the government <laughs> right, right. Well, owe, owe of what you've paid or what yeah. you should have paid um yeah so and that, that uh, happened in California, man. It happened a couple of years ago. Uh, and I'm not going to get into all the legal piece of it because I can't remember all the laws off the top of my head. But but that happened in California and it shut down so many salons because so many salons were running as uh, as rental where everybody was there and they, nobody's paying taxes. And like all these salons were getting by and they're like, wait a second. Were you providing training for your salon? They're like, oh, of course. Were you hosting regular team meetings? Oh, of course. Uh, you know, were you doing it like to your point? There's a whole list of things that they would run this mm -hmm. against to say, is this a commission salon or a team-based salon or is this a rental and they said wait a second you guys have op you it look you look like a team you operate like a team you have team meetings you provide all these benefits wait a second you're a team and so salons were getting hit with millions of dollars in yeah. back taxes and they'll go they'll go back years to go collect that from you and these salon owners were like well i can't run my business if you're going to try and collect all this money from me and they shut down a lot of large size salons now here's the thing I think that a lot of times if you're a small salon, you can get away with some of that stuff. I'm not saying do it. I'm saying you can get away with it where the government doesn't care as much or they don't, they're not in your business as much when you're a small salon or a couple hundred thousand dollars. When you start getting half a million or a million dollars, now all of a sudden you're right for the picking and the government's like, we don't want that. This has been such a hot debate, by the way that other states will actually have actually shut this down and they've actually deemed one of them to not be functional in their state. We're gonna talk about what state that is as well as more of these discrepancies about what's legal and what's not when we come back after this break. We're gonna take a short break. Tell me what's been valuable so far while we're doing a commercial. See you in a second. Hey, HPSA listeners, let me ask you this. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with Salon Scale, we take the guesswork out for you. 
using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, Salon Scale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the ground. As you mix, Salon Scale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time so you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale, the new standard for mixing color. Welcome back. We're talking about is it legal? Uh, and again, for legal purposes, I will give the disclaimer that Doug and I are both not attorneys. <laughs> And every piece of advice we give you about what's legal, you need to check for your own state with an actual attorney who specializes in the type of legal that we're talking about, whether it's uh, business law, employment law. I happen to have a really good friend of mine who's an employment litigator, a uh, really close friend of mine. And it's very helpful to have that person in your back pocket, Doug. You can pick up the phone and say, hey, bro, real quick, is this legal? And he goes, I don't know that I do it that yeah, way. That's uh, an important relationship. That's <laughs> one thing that... that I've seen, I've, I've had salon owners tell me, it's like, well, I'm trying to decide how I want to pay my people. If I want to pay them as employees or if I want to pay them 1099, I'm weighing the pros and cons. It's like, okay. Yeah, that's not really, it, that's that's it, a bad, that's, right. that's not and how that works. It's not a choice. You don't choose. One fits and one doesn't fit. So you have to say, right. what environment are you operating in? Are you operating in an independent contractor environment? Then it has to be a 1099. If you're right. operating in any kind of employment situation it has to be a w-2 they don't you don't get the it, it's because some people think they do get to choose i mean they're like they're what do you mean it's like they, you can pay people yeah don't i just get to pick if i pay the taxes or if i'm gonna let them pay the tax it's just a choice right right right, right. They totally think yeah. that, and that's what i'm saying it's because they haven't done the research to know and so they just you know, ask the right questions so then whichever one you're doing I, just like i mean i think you should have an agreement with people if you're just they're an employee I mean, it should, right. there should be an should agreement a legal agreement between you. What what does employment look like here? What are we promising? What are we required from you? Uh, you know, all all those things need to be written down. So, you know, in our world, we're just super. We really like clear agreements. We believe that's where yeah. reality is created. Uh, and, and also, the other thing that I think clear agreements this is a big thing. Blair Singer, um, big thing that it did for me is it really tends to prevent future upsets when you don't have mm -hmm. clear agreements and that's yeah. what people are running into when that is this legal thing coming up it's like well we i, I immediately know we don't have a clear agreement uh because right. we have sat down and both said yes we both believe this is legal we both believe this you yeah. know but our research and we're clear about the relationship that we have a whole lot less of future upsets right um, well clear and it yeah, and most upsets, by the way, uh, most upsets can be traced back to the initial communication or whatever agreement or lack of agreement was formed in the beginning of the communication. So any mm -hmm. partnership debate, what was the agreement when it was set up? Was there a written agreement? Was it a handshake agreement? Was it a legal agreement? You know, what what did you do? And the thing I think about agreements you got to listen to is this is what most people kind of stand on is that you can't create a legal agreement that supersedes the existing legal agreement from the state. Does that make sense? Like if the state has it illegal or the or it's illegal federally, you can't like, okay, well, Doug, I know this is illegal nationally and locally, but let's put an agreement together that says we're going to do it this way anyway and let's break that. You, you got to operate under the boundary that's been given to you by the law. If you don't understand what that is, you got to talk to an attorney, right? But this comes up, and, and uh, by the way, I mentioned the state that has booth rental as quote illegal and i'm not even sure if i can say that but i know that in 
Pennsylvania, that's the state, mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania, they don't allow booth rental. Now, I don't know if there's some legal way you could work around it. I'm not really sure, but all salons in Pennsylvania are commissioned. And this has come up a lot because in California, when all these laws happened in the last couple of years, they said, oh, and I've heard this, this I've heard both these, Doug. Commission's now illegal in California, Doug. It's now illegal. And I'm like, what? And then I'm like, I've heard, oh, no, booth rental is now illegal in California. And I've heard people passionately argue about both. Here's what happened. And this is the, the naive conversation that gets that needs to be solved, is that how people were running commission salons was breaking the law in California. How people right. were running booth rental salons in California was breaking the law. So California cleaned up the law for both. And they said, well, if you're going to be a booth rental, these are all the things you can and can't provide. If you're going to be commissioned, these are all the things you can and can't provide. And I'll tell you what happened is most, most team or commission-based salons basically said, you know what? This is too damn complicated. They've made the rules so hard for us in California to be a team-based salon, then we're just going to switch to rental. But they still want to run team meetings and do all these things. So I think mm -hmm. there's some basic criteria. And I think if we get into that for the last few minutes here, Doug, there's some basic criteria. Uh, Doug, you always say this. I'm still in your line. If it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, then it's probably a duck, right? So think about it this way. If you, and I, I know this because we have uh, employees and we have contractors on our team, okay? Um, if you provide team meetings for that person and team training, you train that person, then you fall into an employee sort of range. Because for example, uh, I've looked into our uh, contractor agreement, is that if I provide a contractor with a laptop to do work from, well, that's starting to violate the contract agreement. If I, uh, if I require that they show up during certain times, that violates a contract agreement. If I give them certain uh, performance metrics and coach them to that performance, then I would be in violation of that agreement. So the deal is a contractor in, in our world should be somebody that comes in with their own gear that they can perform the work completely autonomously and they come skilled up and ready to go. They can perform the work on their time and they're, they're driven towards an outcome. They're not required by hours. They're driven towards an outcome that they can provide you with the service that you've received, right? In, in however, which way they want to do it and they can provide it. Now, if they fail to provide me with that service or that, that function for me, then I can end my contract, which I should have a contract with that person. I can end my contract due to what the contract states I can end it. Maybe I have a one-year agreement. Maybe I have a six-month agreement. Maybe I have a month-to-month -month agreement with that person, right? Because this, this one comes up all the time too, Doug. People say, can I fire a booth renter? Mm -hmm. Okay. I already know that you don't know what you're talking about when you say that. I already know. Because you can fire an employee. You cannot fire a renter. Right? Well, let's get this way. What you can do is you can end your legal relationship with that renter. You can cancel your contract, but then it goes back to what you said, Doug. What was the legal agreement that was set up right. in the first place? What's the end? What's you, the, and so in, in agreements, there's got to be, there's got to be benefit for both sides. It has to be mm -hmm. what's in it for both sides and what are the obligations for both sides. And like we said earlier, if any part of that violates the law, the entire contract, the entire agreement it's becomes void. null and void. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's not worth anything at that point. That's why you need to know that we're, we're, it's a, I, the best thing is come up with your agreement, kind of know what you're talking about, then run it by your lawyer and say, Hey, th is this violating anything? Is there anything we need to change or clean up? Is this good? Um, and then move forward with it. I think yeah. uh, that's, it, 
it, it just getting clear on on those things because it, it's yeah it just, uh, reporting tips i think that's another one that where people get and say well you know it's their obligation to report the tips if they so we don't we we don't put anything on credit cards we just let it it goes to them what they report they report sounds like a good plan but ignorance is not an right. excuse <laughs> Uh, you come yeah, in. Yeah, the government doesn't care that if they if right. they catch that, they will find you. There, there is an ex. So, and the way that that works on that side of the law, because uh, this isn't civil law or it, it's uh, corporate law, that that whenever they come in and there's a, a a certain percentage, they say we believe this is the minimum that someone would make. They do not have to prove it. They will just take their income and multiply it by that minimum and said this is what should have been reported minimum. And this is what was reported. This is what you owe for the difference on taxes uh, on both sides of the equation. And once that door is open, then they will start to look in every other part. Every say, okay, other well, person, they were yeah. skating the rules here because with yeah, the IRS and, and most revenue, they don't have to prove your liability. They can assume your liability. Unless right. you can prove you have to you, prove your innocence in that. Right. You, you have, have to, to show the records. You have to prove that you are not liable. They can right. just come up with arbitrary numbers. We believe it should be this. And if you can't prove it's different, then that's what it is. Um, right. So you don't yeah. want to get into that world. You don't want to go yeah. you don't want to go into that thing. So it's like with tips and make it say, look, we're we run them through and it's just the cost of doing business right now. Hopefully that legislation that's in front of Congress will go through and they'll treat it like restaurants and you get a credit back for your matching taxes. But I, I would rather report and pay the taxes. And if so, if I get audited, they're going to go, oh, yep, you're good. You're good. Um, and not worry about it. So I want to go back to this initial question, kind of spark this whole thing, which is like, is it legal for them to le let me put my card at the front desk or not? Uh, and then there was another question too I got about, uh, I want to provide software for all of my renters so that they can do their job and I can see what everybody's doing and keep track of how much revenue they do. Look, every time you do that, it, right? I know, Doug, you and I cringe, right? It's like, as soon as you do that, you're blurring the line between an employee and independent contractor and you're starting to create problems. So what I would say is that in general, what you do inside your booth, your room, your whatever, is gonna be dictated by whatever your agreement says, whatever's in your contract in your agreement. But for the most part, you're running an independent business. So if they have a front desk and a welcome check-in and they don't want you to put an advertisement up there, they don't have to allow you to put the advertisement up there. Now, if there's nothing about that in the agreement, now you got to negotiate it and say, is that something they can do or can't do? It's you're not going to call an attorney. They're going to go, well, that's nah, kind of a gray area. Like we can't like force them to do it. And I also want to say this too: if you're at the point where you're like, is it legal for me to for them to do that and me to do that? You're not in good terms with the owner, right. with the manager, where you are. Like if you're already starting to question, is it legal? And do you want to sue somebody or can they let, can they force me to do that? You, you need to start changing your relationships. That's all I'm saying. It's way better than trying to go to court over something ridiculous like that. What you're really trying to do is you're trying to force an issue. And what I would encourage you to do uh, is number one, don't make software for your renters because again, you're providing them with a tool for them mm -hmm. to do their job. They need to provide themselves with a tool to do their job. They have to have their own software, their own thing. As soon as you start putting them in a group, and this is the thing, right? The IRS will go, oh, look, you conveniently gave me everybody that I need to start billing for is information and all of their tips and everything is in one convenient place. Thank you for organizing this like employees for me so I can charge you for all the taxes that were required since it's all under one umbrella because you're running it like a team-based environment. 
Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm on a rant today. Dang, I'm fired up about this because I, I think you just got to learn. It's a really clear, I think it's a very clear line, but there's a lot of fog in the middle. Clear line on are you treating them like team members and giving them team member perks or are they completely autonomous? The closer they go towards being a team member, the more dangerous legally it becomes for you as the owner. You want them to be as much independent as possible. And I want to say this too because this comes up. When you have employees, this is a weird way to say this, and I don't know if it's going to come across wrong. So from a social acceptable standpoint for me to say this, these are not your, I'll say it this way. They are not your indentured servants when they're your employees. You can't just tell them what to do all the time and they have to do it. There are, you know, if you're going to ask them to do above and beyond to do all these other things, you better be careful because there's also violations that you'll have around Uh, the breaks they need to take and what's going on. That's what killed California is they said, if you're going to set up commission and you're going to pay this commission structure and do that, you got to give them and check this one out. You got to give them their regular amount of breaks, not at their uh, minimum wage amount, but at their, their average commissionable amount of income. And people were like, I don't want to do all that math and figure out what their average commissionable amount is. And it's their maximum commissionable amount. You got to pay for their breaks and lunch breaks. And it just got complicated. And a lot of salons were like, forget it then. I'm just going to run a booth rental. Then they tried to run a booth rental like a team-based salon. And they were back in violation again. So be aware, these laws can be challenging. They're, They're not impossible to understand. But you need to have somebody help guide you. If you're confused, if you're lost, if you're stuck, you need some legal help, you want a referral to an attorney, send me a message and say, I'm legally stuck. And I'll see if I can pop you to an attorney. I'll see if we can answer the question in a basic way uh, with, with you being able to then talk to your attorney about it. Or better yet, join our High Performance Salon Academy. Find out what we do in there because you can ask other salons in your area, what's going on? What have you found? How do you work it? What do you operate from? And get some other advice from people going through the same things that you have. Because I'll tell you right now, man, paying legal fees to get your answers is a long way away when you when you have to spend money to do it. So uh, prepare yourself, be ready, and it'll make a big difference. So anything you want to say, last thing on legal here before we wrap up? Get your clear agreements. Take the time to get the clear agreement. Yeah. Get the Do the homework. Get the agreement. Everybody's going to be happier uh, long term if we get good clear agreements right up front. And then, and then you have to stick to it, of course. You can't say, well, we had an agreement, but I'm letting this slide, let that slide. Just stick to it. It's simple as that. Exactly. So thank you so much for joining us today. Check out more shows all online at EvoRevoPodcast.com. Thanks, guys. Later. Thanks for listening to the Evo Revo Podcast. Today's podcast was brought to you by SalonScale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and you can always get more information, including show notes and the video episodes at EvoRevoPodcast.com.